Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Jennifer Horn is funny, smart, and beautiful. And then there's Brian, who's, um... That's why I don't listen to the radio much anymore. Well, anyway, this is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> On your Tuesday morning answer, Thanksgiving week, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And I have to say, I'm speaking for Brian here when uh, I say thank you for listening to us spending your mornings with us, staying connected with us through this year. And happy Thanksgiving to all of you from all of us here at AM 870, AM 590, The Answer, and of course, the gang at The Morning Answer. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day on Thursday. It's a little challenging, I know, for a, it's a little challenging or maybe a lot challenging for maybe, I'm sure for some, I hope not a whole lot of people, but I understand that it is. I just know it is because I have friends and I have people I talk to and we have Morning Answer listening family that reports back that to, although most of our listeners say they're not changing anything, but I think that's actually probably not the case if we went and looked at everybody. I think home in everything LA. is a little different. I, I know for me, you know, my mom's traveling, helping uh, my, my family. Family, which yeah, I'm yeah, having yeah, some trouble with. And so things guys. are different. Um, but, heck, we've all had corona. So it's, <laughs> we, we, not that you get crazy, but we feel like it's pretty safe to have a regular Thanksgiving dinner, and that's what we'll do. Okay. Well, uh, do you know, may I ask you how many people you plan to have? 74. No, oh, just good, kidding. good, good. No, that's fine. Uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, Governor Newsom, who's in quarantine himself. How about that? A very quarantine. No, it's just going to, I mean, my both my dad and I have, have had COVID. And yes. then there'll be, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. So there'll be six of us, which I think is totally fine. Yeah, no. And right? by the way, the, the, you're asking me? Uh, well, that's what it's No, I'm of- not asking you because you stay home and you'll have like, Weird baked ziti or something. I don't know what I'm going to do because typically what uh, I I make a joke about it because I go to Buca de Beppo uh, every year and have my baked ziti and people joke with me and say, well, Brian, you know, and uh, I never made my reservations for Buca de Beppo this year because I don't want to sit outside, although I could get it to take out. But uh, with Pasadena, you should get them to deliver because uh, I think that'll be good for the business. I I mean, at least support. You can support them if you can't. I will do that. And, And you know what? The city of Pasadena this morning is bucking L.A. County. City of Pasadena has mm-hmm. its own health department, and uh, therefore they are able to opt out of the uh, end to outdoor dining and, and, and dining restrictions in L.A. County that start uh, they start again tomorrow night. They start anew tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Pasadena saying no. Uh, we, we're assessing it on our own, and Pasadena is going to be – is it going to be green lights all down Colorado for the for the restaurants? Yeah, let's talk about that. Actually, we'll go through some of the restrictions and uh, some of the things that you need to do or need to know uh, before Thanksgiving if you are traveling or if you're going to be moving around looking for a place or something to do. But first, can we can we call out Gavin Newsom? Just well, the man is in quarantine. Like for a minute, sure. Because uh, Gavin Newsom yesterday gave a press conference from. Quarantine. Yes, it's not a joke. Please leave. The party's over. Get out. Okay. He's now, he doesn't home. have 
He doesn't have COVID. No. And no one in his family does, but they had interaction with the CHP officer who has tested positive. So we spoke a couple of weeks ago about Gavin Newsom's trip to the French Laundry up in Napa. The restaurant. And remember he said, oh, I should have left. I didn't know I'd be ambushed by a 50th birthday party. Actually, he said something more kind of gross. He said, I sat down. I should have stood up. Yeah, what right. I believe. He said that, actually. <laughs> so now we're finding out, thanks to our friends, and actually, really, truly, my personal friend, Jennifer Van Lahr from Red State, who has a great article out today about some of the things that we missed out on. We thought we heard it all, but apparently we didn't hear about this. Um, not only were there photographs where we learned that these guys were actually dining inside. This was like a, this this room that they were in pictured had three walls with like an open air thing that they were trying to like pretend was outdoor dining inside the French laundry. But they closed the door because the party was being so loud. Well, one of the reasons that it was being so loud or that they were so loud is that there weren't 12 of them as previously reported. There were. 22 people at this event. Well, you know, uh, when you get counting and the numbers get as high as 20, 15, or 12, you can lose your... No, you can't. Now, Adam Housley, who used to work for Fox, he's an independent journalist. He really does a great job. And by the way, I don't know Adam, but if you're looking for people to follow on Twitter, he's oh. really good. He's right. He, he's an independent. Adam Housley is just his, his handle on Twitter. I used to see him on Fox all the time. He said he did some digging because he came from Yountville, so apparently he knows some locals. And everybody talks up in this area in, in Napa. Like, it's a very small little area. And Yountville, the town or the city Beautiful. Where, where the restaurant is located, I had never heard of. Oh, my gosh. I would love to live. I mean, it's a great little town in Napa Valley. The bar bill. Any guesses? Did you know? Did you look ahead? Did I tell you? Uh, you said it was high. It's the bar the bar bill. So this is not the food. The bar bill. And the crowd was totaled how much? 22. 22 open bar. So, right, I guess. Or someone pays for probably, it. Probably. No. And I'm going to say it's probably not a lot of mixed drinks. I don't know. But at the French Laundry, you're doing a lot of wine tasting. Well, I guess 22 people at a, an event like that, maybe each person is good for... Three hundred dollars, five. I mean, it's very swanky. It's very expensive. Fifteen thousand dollars was the bar bill for That's the French Laundry. So now we've that. got we've okay. got twenty two people, not oh. twelve. We have indoor, not outdoor, as the governor would like us to know. And just to add some salt in the wounds of those of you who are like suffering with the economy, you know he is spending a lot of money, 22 people, $15,000, no masks. Remember how the governor says? It's not a state-funded party. It's it's not. But when you have people who are suffering to make ends meet, to hear about people having $15,000 on wine, especially when they're supposed to be feeling your pain, this is rough. And it wasn't just Newsom that was there. The health officials who were making decisions for the state of California were also in uh, attendance. Now, there were no masks, all indoors. They got so loud, other patrons complained. There was zero effort to go outside. There was no social distancing of any type. And Adam Housley also says that he was told that there there were now privately laughing at the controversy. People were saying that they were laughing. Apparently the walls speak, Ooh. Adam Housley said, and this is what he said. The bar bill was either twelve or fifteen thousand dollars. He said it doesn't make that big of a difference, but there were twenty two people at the party and uh, oh there you go. It's just it's just And the further, food, by the way, minimum because you can go upwards depending on how many courses you get, but the bare minimum on food at the French Laundry is $350 a person. And look, it it's just only makes it worse when Nancy Pelosi go with the blowout. Look, the, 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 main, the main offense to me, of course, I think to, to everybody, is that he would 
be able to do this when when everybody else cannot. And the fact that he does it in such an extravagant manner is almost manner is almost kind of wiping our face in it, as my mom used to use that expression. Well, and that's that's just it. Now, the recall Gavin Newsom effort, we talked about it last week on the program. Uh, they've been afforded. They got a big legal win. They're getting 120 days more to gather signatures because of the COVID-19 shutdowns. Right. So they have until early March now to provide 750,000 signatures to qualify the recall of Gavin Newsom for the ballot. So if you I, haven't done it yet, recall Gavin 2020 if you're interested in doing that. He did do that uh, COVID briefing from quarantine. It was streaming around, and he and we'll have more on this. Yeah, let's but, do uh, it. Let's come back because I, I'm sorry. I wanted to blow the whistle on uh, It matters. <laughs> on no, what we just talked about matters, the information about that uh, now – now uh, now infamous visit to the French Laundry Restaurant. And I have a treat for you when we talk about the COVID quarantined briefing from Governor Newsom. Yeah, so we'll do, uh, we'll do a double shot for you. We'll hear from Gavin Newsom. We'll also, uh, I promise you, someone finally speaking out about L.A. County's restaurant closures. This is a person in a prominent place, and uh, the place may actually surprise you. So uh, stick around as your Tuesday morning answer continues. News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Tuesday Morning Answer. Happy Thanksgiving. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn here, and Gavin Newsom making some big news. First of all, the plot is getting thicker on the governor's meal at the very ritzy, fancy French Laundry restaurant. We now know 22 people dying there. Their bar tab alone was about $15,000, and this is reigniting a call for a recall of Gavin Newsom as he suggests when he thinks mass vaccinations could be available in California. He held a press conference, and he did it, like, from his home because he's under quarantine, and that was yesterday. That's right. He, his whole family is uh, self-quarantine, quarantine different from isolation. Uh, we remember this. Isolation, when, when, when you're sick uh, with COVID-19, when you test positive, you go into isolation. Quarantine is something that people uh, do uh, if they don't have it or they think per, or, or perhaps a lot of us have been doing it all year, of course. But certainly because the children of Gavin Newsom were in apparently pretty close proximity to a CHP officer that provides security detail for the governor and his family. Uh, One of the CHP officers, we certainly hope that officer as well, has tested positive for COVID. So after that, the whole Newsom family quarantined and he did a COVID briefing from what looked like his study or some sort (laughs) of, right? Didn't it look like Yeah, some fancy schmancy room in the old Newsom estate. Because remember, the governor's mansion, not good enough for Gavin Newsom. So he's got his own private residence up in Northern California. And uh, hi, guys. Not paying property taxes. You might have cut a check. I don't know that. I don't know that. Oh, Red State reported it. Oh, I'm sure. They have their. They well, yeah. They're first of all, just in full disclosure, they are a Salem Media Company, and Red State. Of course, it is true. I take that all back. Red State put their put the bill up online, so you can actually go see. He's billed, but he's in arrears. Is that the deal? I'm sorry. What? He no. He receives a property tax bill, but <laughs> his phrase, well. <laughs> his account is in arrears. He has not paid. Correct. He owes. Okay, yeah. I see what mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah. Okay. He was a tax uh, man. I, well, and uh, so he's I've not paid two. his property taxes yeah. on the house that he got gifted to him. He can live in that free governor's mansion. It's a beautiful building. Yeah, but Jerry it wasn't Br- good enough. It wasn't good enough for him. You know the difference between the guy like Gavin Jerry Brown, the former governor, who was governor for seventy eight years of California. Yeah, he lived felt like he, that. He had an apartment. I mean, he didn't know. He, he did. He did. He I had was an actually, I think I was, 
uh, you know, I flip all over the place, but I do believe I was watching Fox News this week. There was a talking head on. He was talking about Gavin Newsom because he's been making national attention. I mean, CNN, Fox News, everybody's been talking about Gavin Newsom over the last couple of weeks. And someone was up there talking about how Governor Brown needed to be recalled. And I thought, this poor guy, I can't even remember who it was, <laughs> who had it so wrong. Oh, they were taking, uh, he kept uh, calling him Governor Brown, even though oh. he's Newsom. But Brown has been governor for so long. It's a safe bet. If you don't know who the governor of California is, to just say Governor Brown. Because well, when you say the poor Poor guy, you mean the guy on TV? I think Jerry Brown, the poor guy, he's in retirement. He's got some clown on television saying you ought to be recalled. Jerry Brown's been through the fires already uh, of politics in California and nationally, of course. Uh, being on TV doesn't necessarily bring you up to speed. That's for sure. I Gavin uh, Newsom uh, yesterday said, oh, huh, something that President Trump said and was laughed at. More tests means more positivity. Goes without saying, and we updated you last week by noting that the week prior, and this is extended to this week as well, we've seen an unprecedented number of new rise in cases here in the state of California related to COVID. Obviously, this extends all across the United States and many parts of the world. We're not immune here in the state of California. You'll see on this slide today's COVID case numbers, uh, 8,000 337 cases in our latest report. This is on a basis of 220 plus thousand tests that were conducted. Just interestingly, uh, we had a record number of tests that we collected on Saturday, over 265,000 tests. I've said this many, many times. I'll repeat it again this afternoon. We are not ashamed or shy about testing uh, nor determining those that are positive. It's fundamental, it's foundational in our COVID response. And as one would expect, the more people we test and testing is increasing, we expect to see these case numbers go up. Hmm. Uh, I, all these guys are like, I don't know what they're all, if it's in the, if it's in politician, in a chief executive office water. Yeah, we get it guys. The ability to test and identify that people are sick means we understand that people are sick. And if we never tested, we wouldn't understand – we would understand that zero people were sick. Mm-hmm. But now that we test, we can put a number higher than zero because the test, usually, but not all the time, because they've been kind of disastrous, can tell us that some people are confirmed positive for COVID-19. Why these people keep saying this, whether it's Trump or Newsom, it's a horror show. Well, uh, Gavin Newsom continued the horror show. And then I want to hear from you because this new look from the studio, I guess, got some uh, got some attention online. Well, I'll tell you, you do the thing and then I've got something. Uh, the people are speaking. All right. He talks about the new cases in California. The number of people that are testing positive, the number of new cases in the state of California, the age cohort is something I wanted to highlight <laughs> today. It's younger what is than that? 80. Uh, than- <laughs> what is the age? Now, look. <laughs> I am, I have introduced to my subjects 40 million in California, my new words and terms. I use toggle, toggle pack, and I use terms like my attestation, <laughs> that one. And this is a big one, cohorts. Uh, they're our cohorts, and cohorts uh. we defined it one day. It's like, uh, Jen, if you and I robbed the bank, you'd be my cohort. Yeah, but what effort. does an age cohort mean? Like, I don't know. I've never heard it used in that context. So I'm He also says stuff like this. If you're working alone, wear a mask. <laughs> Please. God. That was actually bad. I don't know what's in the water <laughs> at the French laundry, but age cohort? Yeah. Uh, please. All right, let's continue. The number 
people that are testing positive, the number of new cases in the state of California. The age cohort is something I wanted to highlight today. It's younger than 80 and then 50 years old. It's the 18 to 49 age cohort that's now mm. representing 60% of all of our new cases. No one new Back system. to the mythology that somehow this disease separates itself <laughs> exclusively by age uh, or vulnerabilities that are defined by pre-existing conditions and the like. Uh, it transcends. It impacts all populations, of course, not equally in terms of its ultimate impact. Uh, but nonetheless, the case numbers impact age cohorts across the spectrum. <laughs> it's and as a you can demographic. See in this chart, it's so irresponsible. Are what is he doing? We got Alex Keaton for governor. He wants everybody to know he's smart. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got Michael J. An Fox's character from Family cohort. Ties. I have a new term. I think it makes me sound intellectual. Uh, I will use it three times from my at-home quarantine COVID <laughs> briefing just so the people know exactly what I'm speaking of. Let's well, call it what it is. It's his COVID den that he was broadcasting from. He was from his COVID cave, man yeah. cave. Mm -hmm. I have a COVID cave. Uh, I, my apartment became a COVID cave uh, earlier in 2020. Oh, but yeah. We all had them. They Governor spoke for about 38, 39, maybe 40 minutes uh, with this briefing. He had some doctor on there who was uh, uh, getting... It's probably so a dinner with them at the French Laundry. Right. And this is uh, uh, this man was a busboy. He probably brought the whole crew back, <laughs> the cooks and everything. So what he, were the comments like? Well, here's the thing. Right. I, I watched it on YouTube, as many people do not watch uh, Governor Newsom. But I missed the Newsom at Noon show that we yeah. usually see now that he's quarantined. So I watched on YouTube and streamed. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Whitman, you should avail yourself to the comment section after the video on YouTube. Oh, no. Oh, get ready. I don't think there's one positive one. Okay. But there are some that are more entertaining than others, and we'll start with just a few of them. The, they come right after the governor's uh, in-quarantine COVID briefing. Celia kicks it off. He sounds a little sick himself, LMAO. <laughs> Uh, I like that she's LMAOing it over the, the misfortune of the governor. But yeah, okay. that's actually pretty uh, yep. ruthless. Uh, uh, Dex says, how was that dinner party the other night, Gav? Oh, uh, here's Phyllis. Uh, these are uh, YouTube comments to the governor's streamed from his home COVID quarantine briefing. Governor, why is it effective to raise a curfew? And meanwhile, malls and superstores and markets are jam-packed for holiday shopping? The good questions that are coming in from YouTube. White Avalanche doesn't ask a question but makes a proclamation with an exclamation point. Hypocrite. Yeah. Uh, and there's one more that you should hear. Uh, yes. If Governor Newsom was serious about helping California, he would resign. Yeah, that was from me. I think you got my comment. All right. <laughs> that was from a guy, Jesus Cabral. Catherine Barger from the L.A. County Board of Supervisors saying that she does not stand with the decision from the L.A. County Board of Supervisors to close down restaurants here in L.A. County. We'll continue to follow that story. But I know you've been hearing about Midas School Group here on AM870 for a while. They're right here in Thousand Oaks, and I am so happy to recommend their great services. Midas School Group is the number one veteran-owned gold and precious metals dealer in the country. So if you're buying or selling gold, silver, or precious metals, go meet these guys. Do it in person. 
listen for fast and reliable and professional service. Midas Gold is the best place to buy and sell your precious metals. And did you know that they also offer gold IRA service? With the recent volatility in stocks, many investors are using a little-known structure that allows you to use your existing IRA or old 401k to own physical gold and do it tax-free. Call or go see my friends at Midas Gold Group. Ask for a free copy of their IRA guide. Call 805-601-6000 or go to MidasGoldGroup.com, 805-601-6000. Tell them Jennifer Horn sent you, 805-601-6000. A threat to President Trump. The Donald Daily Download is next as your Tuesday morning answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Tuesday Morning Answer. We're doing the dinosaur, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And the guy who really loves this song is featured prominently in the Donald Daily Download. Wow, I have no idea what's going on. President Trump, give me a little. Doing the dinosaur. Right, I walked the dinosaur. Don't call Diane Feinstein that a dinosaur. She's a little bit older. And we took one walk by the Potomac. It was like five years ago, please. <laughs> Thank you. All right, right 7.36. Ooh, we're almost ooh, one second oh, late. Oh, Donald oh, Daly, oh, download. Just, just keep going. This is The Answer with Brian and Jen. Where there is no law, there is no opportunity. I like this one. Where there is no justice, there is no liberty. Where there is no safety... There is no future. The Donald Daily Download. Where there is no judgment, there is no continued election, sir. Oh, boy. All right. Let's, there's no evidence. There let's is talk no... about what's happening at the White House today. Okay. We will see President Trump, yep. or at least that's what the plan is, because he is going to be participating in the annual. I hate this thing. Much celebrated event of pardoning the turkey. Every year. Iowa turkeys, corn and cob. Well, it should have been corn and pop. <laughs> That's true. Hey, can we change that? Is it too late to do that? Yeah. Although I'm the president. <laughs> You're nothing. You're nothing. I don't even know you. I spit on you. I hate your guts. Hey, I'm the president. Call him corn and pop. My nemesis, corn and pop. Get off the phone. You're so out of your mind, Joe. You're not even in here yet. And I don't know that you'll ever get in. Oh. Donald Trump. I was hoping he would say correct, but apparently... Correct. That's how he says it when he usually says it. So it's called corn and they always have two... Corn and pop. Iowa turkeys, corn and pop. They are the birds who will... What are their real names? Not corn and pop. Corn and cob. You got me doing it. Corn and cob. Like corn and cob. That's how easy it was to get Biden to start saying the the Harris-Biden ticket. That's right. He just suggested it. It's like a mind meld, I'm telling you. A lot of brainwashing happening around here. But the turkeys are from Iowa. They're going to appear at the White House uh, today at the annual turkey pardoning. They made their public debut at a news conference on Monday at the Willard Intercontinental Hotel in Washington. They stay at the hotel ahead of their presidential pardoning ceremony. And uh, that's been a running tradition for the turkeys. It's it's grotesque, and I say it every year. It's kind of funny they go to a hotel, and they are welcoming VITs. Very, Very important, important turkeys. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's no, even that's worse. The government, the White House, the presidency, I don't mean just Trump. I did it when it was Obama. I said it when it was Clinton. I've said it my whole life. There is something gross and barbaric about identifying turkeys as the mammals that we will slaughter annually for this holiday of ours. Now, it's, I know. Dude, you eat hamburgers every day. I can't see the carcass on the table. That's the difference. If I'm but you're not going to see these guys. They've been saved because right. And you know what? It's President kind of, Trump is a good no. American. Brian, no, 
Well, look, I mean, pardon me. What have they done? I mean, they're, they're no Rad Blagojevich. So here's the thing. The pardoning of two turkeys every year is like sadistic to me because what? it makes it's fun. It's saving their life. Jennifer, it also, <laughs> with a laugh, kind of acknowledges what something. Well, yeah, you eat turkey just no, like you eat cow when you eat hamburgers. I've just said it every year and it strikes me Do you know every how year. sweet cows are? About you know, they can look into your soul yeah. when you stare them down in the face. My friend had a cow on a farm. He made eye contact and held it, I guess. Because he knew you were a big offender. My friend never ate meat after them for the yeah. rest of his life. And he's a very big executive guy. Very success- not, a, not a kook. What? Know? An executive? Does he mean? What an executive? Dis- I make an executive decision. I will never eat meat again. No, Executives the, all eat meat, Whitman. <laughs> when the government does, like, this presidential, I just don't like, every year, and I go to Jennifer, oh, they're doing this again. And I know it's dated do back it. to Abraham Lincoln. That's how far it's gone back well, in our nation. so are some other things in this country we, all, we, we, we stop doing. I'll let that lay out there, folks. Good Lord. No, it's just not right. <laughs> well, I think I it's a happy every, day. It's a every, thing to celebrate Thanksgiving. It's cute. It's fun. It's, it's cute. supposed to bring people Do together. You, it's cute, okay. Yeah. Saving well, two cute little turkeys. Saving yeah. two. But if you're thinking about those two and not the millions of others that have their throats What are you going to eat for Thanksgiving? Italian food. There's, what there's, do you think is going to go in that? What What are we eating? Dairy, dairy, bread. Right. We've got cow. some cheese, and so you've got some cows that have been used. I will not have Matriana sauce with bacon in it. For their milk. Not have meatballs. I will not have. You'll sausage. have meat sauce in that ziti. Well, I have the lemon chicken. You got a little sausage coming your way? All right, I'm a hypocrite. I I just don't think the government needs to be up there making light of this horrible practice we have. You should get upset about the holiday that bothers me, and that is Groundhog's Day, where they rip a squirrel out of a tree until all fun and games. They don't kill him unless you build the Blasio. All fun and games until someone gets their face eaten off. I'm telling you, it's coming. Oh, yeah, de Blasio killed that. He's a disaster. But they don't usually do that. All right, also in the Donald Daily Download, a threat. A threat. Coming from... Maxine Waters, who knows oh. a thing or two about threats, I hear, from people that have run against her. Oh, please. Stop stop, stop inferencing things. And I'm just there. saying, people who run against her have said that there have been some threats made against them. Maxine okay. Waters, oh. who apparently is the mob boss of South L.A. Okay, you're getting a little deep. Would you like a shovel, Jen? Has said that uh, we should send a message across the world and investigate President Trump. This is what she had to say on MSNBC yesterday. I certainly would support investigating the president of the United States. What he has done uh, in the four years that he has served as president is simply unconscionable. I think criminal in some cases. He's placed this country in danger. And the president of the United States is supposed to be about making sure uh, that the country is safe and secure. And he has done everything possible uh, to undermine our democracy. And I don't think that can be overlooked. And I don't know what Biden would do. And I know that Biden wants to move on. He does not want to be bogged down in investigations. But I think that the president of the United States should be investigated. Mm -hmm. And we should send a message across the world uh, that we will not tolerate the undermining of our democracy in the way that this president has done. Correct. Correct. uh, Please, Maxine. (laughs) I'm going to say I've never said this about a Democratic. What is happening? I don't, she might be unwell. She might not be well because 
he's leaving. I mean, I mean, you might not understand that or accept that right now, but I just have to tell the audience. I understand people, she's not well. I mean, oh, I'm with okay. you on that. Uh, and the reason I say she's unwell is because you have to buy the premise that Trump is exiting the White House because during his whole term, impeach 40, I'm reclaiming my time. Mm-hmm. She was all dialed up for the whole four years, which are which almost calendar-wise are over. She is now confirming that her life force, the very thing that fills her lungs with oxygen, is being a an opponent of Donald Trump. I mean, presumably... I he, have not called for impeachment. You said uh, I'm going to fight I, every day until he's impeached. That's what you tweeted. Yeah, but here's what I've said. My greatest desire is to lead him right into impeachment. <laughs> Impeach 45! Okay. Impeach 45! <laughs> the desired result of impeachment, if you don't like someone politically, is they leave office. Well, I think, uh, I'm not a shock jock, I think that's happening, but she's still going at the same energy level. It's like <laughs> obsession. You know what I mean, Jen? Uh, she is obsessed. I, I also think that... Um, Investigating Trump, probably not the best way to yeah, I mean, uh, to been move there, forward, done but, that. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. something new, please. We'll just end it on a positive note again. That big turkey pardon happening at the White House today. Oh, that looks like a dangerous bird. Yes, it does. <laughs> Be Jeffrey careful. Tobin uh, was uh, apparently on Zoom. A majority uh, of uh, Americans have uh, made a prediction about what will happen in the Georgia Senate race. Uh, you may be shocked by uh, their admission as your Tuesday morning answer continues. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is the morning answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Tuesday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And we haven't talked about Georgia in about, oh, Three and a half minutes. <laughs> and I know that we've all had Georgia on, on our minds. That's right. The state of Georgia. Yeah, because uh, the state of Georgia has turned into the state of confusion. There is <laughs> a recount that has been ordered by the president. There is an audit that That's is underway actually, because of the governor. The president actually is not acting as president ordering the recount. Correct. He's acting as a candidate who's paying for the recount. Yes, that okay. is indeed true. Make, okay. There is also... A Senate race, two of them that are going to run offs on January the 5th. And there's a new poll that's out. And again, I don't know. You know, the polls, here's what I think. I think yeah. the polls are terrible. I think pollsters are out of business. But I do think that polls get us talking. They get us into a topic of conversation. But they're, 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 it's data that is usually like not, more than 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it's pretty darn close to accurate. You wouldn't want to live in a world, by the way, for all things, not just politics, but for consumer feedback, for everything, for, for, for people, voters and citizens' feelings about the government that governs them. Uh, you don't want to live in a poll-less world. We've got to have, we have to be taking the temperature of people on various issues. I think we just have to do better. They work. I mean, think about what the polls suggested. The polls suggested that Democrats were going to win the Senate. They suggested that Democrats would widen their majority in the House. Instead, it's down to the tightest margin it's been in like since World War II. I mean, the, the margin is going to be extremely tight for Democrats. And they said that President Trump would lose by a landslide. And you can look at these states that have turned and the Electoral College. I mean, it doesn't look close in the Electoral College. But if you look at how these states were determined, 12,000 votes in Georgia is not necessarily a landslide. And the poll comes out of Georgia here, right? 
Yes. Is it a so, poll from Georgia? Well, this is a story about what the majority of Americans want to see happen in uh, the state of Georgia and with the Senate. A majority of voters say they want Republicans to remain in control of the Senate in the new year after the Georgia runoff races. This is according to a Harvard-Harris poll uh, that just came out yesterday. 56% of voters said they want a divided government with Republicans in control of the upper chamber, according to the data that was released yesterday. 44% of voters said they want Democrats to control the Senate. And uh, as of now, according to uh, the uh, Harvard Caps Harris polling director, Mark Penn, they say that as of now, voters want divided government and their votes for the Senate and the House indicate that as well. That's the storyline that drew my attention to this, because really, for me, that was one of the underlying messages of this election. Take the presidency out of it for a minute. I know that's what we've all been talking about. But when you see how the country voted Maybe didn't. Maybe they had a mixed ticket. Maybe they voted for Joe Biden at the top. Maybe they voted for Republican candidates at the bottom, or vice versa. That's there right. was this desire. I think that's one of the big telltale things that we can take away from from 2020 is that there is a desire for checks and balances. I don't think that any American, or at least most Americans, don't want to see a government that is fully one sided. Because at this point, when everyone is so divided, they want a system of checks and balances. Yes, and it always was that way during my childhood and my my adult my my, my younger years. Uh, and obviously being uh, obviously very aware of politics and following all this stuff for our job and even before I was just interested. Americans almost always said we want uh, divided government. That is to say, if we give the Democrats the White House, we'd like to have somebody watching them in the legislature, the legislative branch. We'd like Republicans to be there. Typically, people have said that, and it was always a preference. However, in 2016, and that's interesting, there was a Gallup poll that indicated div- the preference for divided government. That is to say, you'd go to your polling, you know, you vote for your Republican congressperson, but you might vote for a Democratic candidate. People do that, and it was a preference for that, but it was the lowest in 2016. The advent of the Trump presidency, the desire for divided government was the lowest in in 15 years. So it was falling. People were saying, you know what? We're more inclined to give all control to one party. President Obama had it for a while. President Trump had it for a while. And I think that uh, it's cyclical. But this is one of the things that usually didn't change that much in politics. But it shifted uh, uh, twice here, it seems, in the last four or five years. Yeah, I think that's why you have seen also the stock market stay pretty consistent because the stock market has sort of celebrated this idea of of checks and balances. I think it is likely people feel that Republicans will hold on to the majority. Now, no one knows. Again, this is a, a time when there are a lot of irregularities. You have a lot of activists descending upon the state of Georgia trying to get their desired results. And it's happening on both sides of the aisle. But I think that you will see a whole different stock market if Democrats do end up winning these these seats. And again, they'd have to win both runoff races to get control of the Senate. That would make it a 50-50 split. But you'd have Kamala Harris in presiding over as president, literally president of the Senate, uh, to make these decisions that could impact the direction of our financial future. The markets seem to like this division. And so you haven't seen that uh, that difference, that change or that drop that you sometimes do after a, a Democrat or someone from a different party would be assuming office. And I think, Jennifer, it speaks to A very American uh, ideal, which is to hold those in power, whether it's media, big pharma, whether it's Wall Street, whether it's the presidency and the federal government or the local government, the state, whatever, 
Americans, I believe, want people held accountable, and we want people's feet held to the fire, especially people who have power and influence over us. So, so it, it, it smacks to me of, of kind of, not uniquely American, but very American, that we also don't really overtly and enthusiastically trust many of these folks. So we'd like to put someone there to police the others, and if they're policing each other, well, then maybe we, the voters, win as a result of that. Uh, of that internal examinations they're doing of each other and 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 trying to uh, keep tabs on one another. I'm kind of interested uh, to uh, to see how everything plays out in Georgia after Chuck Schumer's comments. I do believe those were game changers, and I do think that it's it's ripe really for Republicans to use that to uh, run a lot of advertising campaigns against uh, Purdue. I'm sorry, against Ossoff and Warnock, who are the two Democrats running for those Senate seats. Chuck Schumer a couple of weeks ago after uh, the uh, after the election, was out on the streets, maskless, by the way, until a camera came around and then put the mask on his face. And the mask did something. It had him change his promise five seconds. Yeah, he said he wanted to change uh, the world. He said, first Georgia, then we change the world. And then he rephrased it and said, uh, first we we change change Georgia and we change America. And, you know, uh, I say something, I say it, and I repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And that is that the left, the far left particularly, tells you what they want to do. We just don't listen. Chuck Schumer is telling us what he wants to do. He wants to change this country. He wants to pack the Supreme Court. He wants to add states. He wants to abolish the Electoral College. And so those few words done in celebration over an election victory, or well, as he saw it, yeah. I think can be used to to give people a path as to what the country might look like if Democrats do hit that 50-50 marker. I think that – and Dennis Prager, our colleague, uh, was one who who spoke very eloquently, and I think I really appreciated what he said. And I understood a lot from hearing Dennis Prager when he talked about, uh, you know, uh, trying to change the world or change America. And I believe it was in the context of criticism of of Democrats, you know, to change things significantly. However, politicians – President Trump changed America. There's no doubt about it. uh, uh, You could look at legislative stuff. You could look at orders, executive. You could also just look at the tenor, the demeanor, the the tone of of our political conversations, not ours. I think ours actually are admirable and honorable, and I'm happy to be part of that. Uh, The the and I mean, and that's to you, to all of our listeners, the uh, the but any successful, uh, any effective politician, whether it's President Ronald Reagan or President Bill Clinton. Or President Donald Trump, in a different way, pe- people of power and influence do change things, and it's kind of the scoreboard yeah. for whether or not you've been effective. I think. Look, everything changes, right? Every minute brings change. But I think the difference is, and I'm not sure I didn't hear Dennis talk about this, but just from my perspective, when you hear a politician talk about fundamentally changing America, to me that means that they are unhappy with the way the country is, that they well, that don't like Trump's it. They did, in 2016, he said he make wants America, to make, a, make America great again. Those words matter. It wasn't about is that, changing that, and transforming. And those words, to me, give me almost, instead of change being positive, it's a negative saying, this country is so bad, we hate it, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And uh, at least in my mind, there is no better X, Y, and Z than what we do in this country. That's exactly right. I agree with that, by the way. As uh, we continue, uh, California getting ready for new strict orders, travel guidelines, just in time for Thanksgiving. Azure Tuesday, Morning Answer continues.